we see very often clients paying attention to the last professional they talk to, which is a really dangerous situation to be in. If this is a copywriter, they might suggest you rewrite the entire copy because nothing is working, which is going to affect your SEO. If this is a designer, they're going to suggest really fancy pop-ups or headers or big conversion boxes, etc. If this is a conversion expert, they're going to start putting calls to action everywhere just to get your result. Ultimately, it's you in the driver's seat. And it's important that you work with professionals, but that you understand that every professional, myself included, is going to see it through their lens. This is James Schramko. James Schramko here. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 979. Today, we're going to be reviewing a case study of uh, hyper-focused SEO. I've brought along Gert. Welcome back, Gert. Hey, James. Thank you for having me again. I don't know how many episodes you've done on this show, but it's a lot. And people keep saying, I love the episode you did with Gert. Like every time we do an episode, I have people reach out to me. They say they learned something. It was really interesting. And I have a suspicion why that is. But why do you think that is? I think we have a, a little bit of a different way of, of approaching SEO. So when people are used to SEO being like this black box, where they're not exactly sure what this agency is doing, they're working with, and they just want to feel a little bit more confident in the process and really see a little bit more transparency. And this is definitely something we have been trying with the SEO Leverage platform and our approach in order to make sure that SEO can really be something transparent. And especially you can relate results to the work you do once you really focus a little bit more in the process. Yeah, I think it definitely got something to do with your approach. I think it's a kind of field where there's a lot of bad practitioners, so it's easy to get bad help, and it's also expensive. So it's something that a lot of people are trying to do themselves, but they sometimes won't get a great result. And they try and get help, but they could blow up their website or just pay money and not really see a result. So that's what the really cool thing about this episode is. You've said you could double conversions in eight months. Is that true? It is absolutely true. And because the reason very often is because most SEO processes or focuses or when somebody does their own SEO, they really focus on the wrong things. And it's just what we see every single day in discovery calls I do with clients. They just say, look, I was trying to get this. I'm getting a lot of traffic to this article. Look how well I did because I optimized it and I fine-tuned it and I added all the keywords, etc. And then I ask, is this article actually working for your business? And I say, yeah, what do you mean? And I'm talking about conversions and are we tracking conversions? What conversions come through? What kind of client comes through this article? And then we figure out that even though they get some conversions, they're not getting really the right kind of client. So this is where the big focus at the beginning really needs to be in defining what do you want to achieve with your business and how can SEO actually support you in the process? And then it's absolutely realistic. So how often do people say, I want to increase my conversions? Is that a target or do they usually say, I want to rank my website or I want to do SEO? Are they sort of more general and maybe they don't even know what they should be asking for? I think this is a big topic. So in the conversation, very often, we, we very often don't get to the SEO part in this conversation after a few minutes really trying to explore the business. So one of my first questions is, where do you get your clients from? Mm. So do they have paid channels already working, right? Are they in social media? If they have Google ads, we can use this as leverage for SEO work. So if you already know what kind of keywords convert, we can look at the SEO side of things. So we really try to explore what they have been doing, what they are doing in order right now to get their revenue in every month and then work from there and say, okay, now I understand where you are. This is what I think SEO can do for you. Let's explore what your website looks like and what an action plan can look like. Now, you were telling me that some people come to you after listening 
to on this podcast. They go and visit seoleverage.com. You have a call with them. You find out that they're going okay, and they've in some cases actually got help, but they're a little bit unclear about how that helps actually doing anything. Can you just talk about what you often find? What we often find is that people don't talk to an SEO, but they talk to a sales rep ah. from the agency. And this is a big issue. So I understand an account manager is not a high-profile SEO, and it's just their job in order to facilitate communication. It's their job to make sure the overall strategy goes in the line with the customer's goals, etc. But it, the, you're often not talking to someone who really understands what is happening behind the scenes. So this is a big pain point for many, many of our clients that come to us that say, look, I have no idea what they're doing because I can't get hold of someone who can explain what is happening and what the overall strategy is. And this is where we always put a team together. It's usually me explaining to the clients what is happening, what we're doing and why. We have a big field. So whenever we put something on our platform, there's a field I have my team fill in that says, why is this important, right? Mm -hmm. Why is this important? Because we know this is a keyword that's going to support your conversions, which is going to support your overall goal, right? So this is a big point. When you can't talk to someone who can explain to you how your investment is actually being used, it's really frustrating. So that's really interesting. I guess you've got a, a fail-safe to prevent a client from spending a lot of time and energy trying to rank the wrong thing because you're saying, well, why is this important? I mean, we had it. When I had an SEO agency, people would want us to rank keywords that were probably not a good choice. So we would actually make suggestions as well. I think that's really good. So it can be a difficult decision for them, I suppose, when they've already spent time and money and it feels like they have to start again. I know what this is like because I had a, someone very close to me actually went down the path of getting braces. But then with COVID and everything, it, it was the checkups were delayed. And then by the time she went to get them checked again, they were sort of off track. And the end solution was basically they got to come off and you got to start again. <laughs> it's like, gosh, that no one wants to work on someone else's old junk, right? They want to start fresh. Are you able to step in and work with what they've got? Or do they have to sort of uproot stuff and start fresh? Very often we can leverage what's already there, but just doing things a little bit differently. So it's very easy to, if you switch agencies and they just take everything where it is and continue, you are absolutely going to get the same results, yeah. which probably are not going to be satisfactory. So we want to figure out why has this not been working up to now? What is Google really looking for today? And how can we leverage whatever is on your site? in order to get those results. This can really depend because we have some clients who then come with content that was really more social media content than search-related content. So it's not answering anything somebody would search for. In these cases, we very often need to grab like the topics, but really reframe the content, put it in a, under a different angle. And then there is content that's really answering something that's really was really good and just needs to be pushed into 2022, 2023 standard in order to really work. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just saw a video actually, which I can't unwatch, unfortunately. It was just a guy assembling a bed and it was on social media and I think he had one and a half million views. I looked at it because I searched for reels on his channel and I found the one with by far the most views, mm -hmm. but it wasn't really related to anything that he does. <laughs> so maybe people discover him from that, but I was wondering that if that content would really cause extra followers or extra sales. So having the right goal. So imagine... Um, can you tell me what you did in the case of this case study that you've brought to us today where you have increased the conversions? At this point, they've said, okay, Gert, we trust you. We think you can do the job. We figure that we can't just keep doing what we've done before. 
you've gone and had a look. You just said that you ordered all their pieces that mm-hmm. that um, you're going to assign the team and figure out a strategy. What happens next? We definitely want to establish first that we are tracking correctly all conversions. This is just the standard part of the of the usual onboarding procedure. So are we tracking everything we want people to do on the site or not? And then really figure out where the focus is going to lie. And this comes out of a conversation with a client very often where they say, look, whenever I get on a call with someone, they talk, they ask me about XYZ. And if this XYZ is actually something that people search for on the internet as well, which we can check, this is definitely a really good focus point for future conversions. So somebody searching for tooth pain is definitely going to be a good candidate for a dentist. And someone for with a broken pipe is going to search for a plumber, right? We want to find this broken pipe on a project in order to make sure that we really know where to focus on. Because clients come with us, like this client, for example, they had more than a thousand articles on their website. Mm-hmm. I cannot realistically optimize a thousand articles at once. I need to start somewhere. And SEO is a long-term game. You want to do things consistently, but you can get results within, like we see here, a few months if the focus is right. You can also waste 12 months down the road if you just focus on things that don't matter for the client's particular goals. And this is where it's so important to really get to know the client's business a little bit. So the better I understand what you're trying to achieve, how you get clients, why clients come to you, the better micro decisions I can make before I present you with keywords, before I present you with content I want to optimize. So we really bounce this off clients and say, does it make sense to go down this road? And then the client said, no, this is a completely different segment. Fine. I'm not an industry expert. I rely on feedback from my client. But this is really an email that I send and say, look, I have discovered this topic. Do you think we should explore this further? And they say, yes, this is amazing because clients raise this all the time on calls. Wow. Well, that happened to me. You know, I can share this story. You've been analyzing my own website and helping my team, sending us lovely little updates and plugged us into your app. And you came into my uh, Slack channel and said, you need to optimize for this phrase. And uh, I'll share the phrase here. It's, it's okay, but it was around revenue shares. And I made content. I actually made a podcast episode about it. And yesterday, Geert, I had someone email me saying, I was listening to your podcast on revenue shares. You said in the, in the podcast that if you're a member of your medium or higher level programs that you'll share with me the details on how to structure the deal. Is that still relevant? And I said, yep, we can do that. And so he's joining the membership. And that came from a podcast episode that was designed around a key phrase that you told me to optimize for. So I know it works firsthand. I imagine that's what happened in this case. Maybe this customer started getting search inquiries and leads for content that was a new topic different to the thousand other posts. Absolutely. So it's so important. I appreciate you sharing this story. It's so important to work backwards. And I really le- I learned this in your community, actually, I believe, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So important to work backwards. What actually needs to happen? And just really walk through the steps. So before someone reaches out, they found something on your site that convinced them. How did they find it? They searched probably for it. Why did they search for it? Because they have a special need. So they need to see that this need met on your piece of content in order to take the next step. The next step, if this is a lead magnet, an opt-in or something, this needs to be in line with this need they want to see met. And then this is where we really then start drafting this content and where we tell a client, look, this is the piece of content. This is what needs to be in there. These are phrases and questions people want answered when they come to this place. And Google knows that this needs to be on the page. So this is where we work backwards really from the lead, which very often is defined or even the purchase on some projects, which is the final goal work backwards to the actual moment someone is in when they type in a search query. 
You know, one really good acid test to find out if you are on track or not is to just ask yourself this question. If you say, why isn't everybody coming to me? Why aren't they beating a path to my door to buy my thing? You know, you may be able to answer that with, why would they? They don't know I exist. They don't know what I do. They don't know why they should trust me. They don't know even about the topic itself. Like you really do have to work backwards. If we do talk about my example, if I want someone to join my membership so that I can help them put together revenue share deals, then I need to make sure they know that I actually can help them with that. And I need to give them a really good reason to join. I need to show why I'm different to anyone on the planet who teaches this. Not that there are many people in the first place, which is really one of the big points. Then I have to tell them about how I've gone and researched this and put together documents and then practiced it for the last six years and really figured out how it works. And then I have to put together a piece of content that would share this. And then I have to promote that piece of content and make sure that gets picked up. So now, thanks to you and thanks to my team and a little bit thanks to me, Google is now showing this piece of content to people who are interested in this topic and they will naturally find me and will most likely become a customer if they've got a high commercial intent and if I do a good enough job of explaining that pathway. And it just happened. And I think it'll happen more because I've got a couple more podcasts in the pipeline that are absolutely geared around a key phrase that you told me based on our content and your knowledge of our business that we should go deeper in. And I think that's your next step, isn't it? You just double down when you get signs of life. Absolutely. This is so important. We had clients that just suddenly get a lot of conversions and then say, okay, let's pause. I need to work through my waiting list now, uh, which is definitely not the way you want to do things. You obviously need to manage your resources. But if you're on a growth stream where you see Google likes whatever I put out strategically in terms of SEO, in terms of research based on data, this is definitely where you want to continue the process because this might slow down. Google changes all the time. You need to be up to date with Google. You need to be able to adjust. And a lot of the work we do with clients is already also maintaining their positioning which means making sure that we know what is Google looking for now, which might be different from what we're looking for a few months ago, and make sure that this content that has been doing really well so far actually is still in line. So you really need to continue because what you are getting right now, even if this is a, a flow of leads you have never seen before, might only be scratching the surface. I should ask this because I know we've covered it before, but just in case this is the first time someone has had the great pleasure of listening to the great... Geert Malik from SEOleverage.com on this <laughs> wonderful episode 979. How do you know what Google wants? Like what gives you this special magical secret power? It's not a special magical secret power, right? It's just a lot of hours in a lot of industries and a lot of different keywords. What we need to understand is we always think about I don't want to get too technical here, but we think about Google has an algorithm. A lot of people know Google has an algorithm and this is how they figure out what needs to rank higher, what needs to rank lower. The truth is, it's much more complex than that. The truth is that whatever keyword someone types in is going to trigger a different set of layers in the algorithm. So it's not like I can type in something in Australia to rank my pizza delivery service and I can do the same thing in New York and it's going to work. It's going to be different. And this is where it's so important to break things down in every single possible way that you can imagine. We built the SEO leverage software, the every SEO leverage platform in order to do this for our clients so they can see it's not only the traffic coming in. Imagine the small site getting 2,000 visitors a month or something like this and they think, yeah, why does nobody buy? You really want to know how do people actually find you? 
what do they type in, what kind of keywords, because the traffic alone doesn't tell you anything. Even the traffic coming to a particular page, if you already break it down to a page level, which is really good practice, and you can do this in Google Analytics, doesn't still tell you what this is. The same page might rank for hundreds of keywords, and maybe only five are really what we call transactional. Five are really identifying a potential client, and the rest might be just noise traffic coming in that wasn't ever going to do anything anyway. So we really try to break things down, and I think the secret sauce, so to speak, is to break down uh, things into its pieces and see what is Google doing in this particular case. Honestly, I thought you were just going to say we have an app that we built that does all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, it's getting there. It's getting there. My concern, sometimes when I have tools and they've got rank trackers and things, they actually ask you to nominate the phrase that you want to check mm-hmm. rankings for. I'm like, that's next to useless because I, mean, I don't think most people would know what they're trying to rank for and Certainly, we've moved around. I absolutely want to rank for my name. I know that, and I do. And even if people mangle the spelling of my surname, which they do, Google will fix it for them. Mm -hmm. So I don't even have to worry too much about that. That's why I got into SEO in the first place. I've shared this recently to outrank my IMDB listing as an actor (laughs) is how I got into SEO. So I've nailed that keyword pretty early on, and then I wanted to get onto the next. But you're constantly telling me where we should focus. So it's good to have someone tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you know what? You should do a piece of content on this and you should, you see this piece of content you've already got, rewrite it and have it serve this phrase. And, and that's been really powerful for us. And we've had some big wins, haven't we, Get Some of these things rise right up and really competitive stuff. So thank you. What happened with the client when you did this? Did they get a flood of traffic? Did it trickle in? Did they get excited and do they want to try and spend more money? And you said, listen, you don't want to push it or what? It's really interesting because this client very early in the process wanted to double down. So they saw this is finally what they were expecting from an agency and even beyond that with the platform, with the transparency. So they very quickly said, can we do more and faster mm-hmm. in order to speed things up so we're not limited with the budget? And this was really interesting because this is just a client where we say, okay, they get it. They have the potential, obviously, in order to do this. It's not a startup just starting out. But it was really interesting that they doubled down. They doubled down by assigning more team members. They doubled down helping us with more content ideas. They got more writing resources from us in order to help them through this and also more link building resources. And this is really where with a lot of different content items, you can scale much faster. They obviously then saw very quickly a couple of months in already, they saw the first conversion increases, traffic increases, just because relocating calls to action on this case, for example, was a big win for them. This was leveraging the existing traffic you already have, but making sure that your calls to action to the next step to ask, fill in the form, etc., are put in a different place. So there are quick wins that you can execute that already gives you a result while you build up everything else. Well, who's telling them to do that? This are, we are telling them. So we are not a conversion rate optimization agency. So hang on, you're not just a link getting geek, right? <laughs> There's a little bit of leverage of having been in digital marketing for 20 years. So if I see something, I say something, not always probably to the pleasure of my clients where I ask them to redo some things they're really proud of. But we have seen a lot of things and I've been in a lot of industries. I have been in e-commerce for more than 15 years every single day. We have seen a lot of things and be part of a lot of projects. So if I, I can clearly see why people are not taking the next step and not opting in, very often I just ask clients questions. Questions like, if you were now looking for this service and you landed on this page, what would you do next? And then they say, now I would grab the phone and call this company. And this is where I say, you're probably not. 
right? This is probably not going to happen at this stage. Let's think again. So how far is someone from actually grabbing the phone? They're going to try to do something before. Can we give them something? Yeah, we have an ebook. Yeah, maybe the ebook is too generic. They are solving it, trying to solve a particular problem. So I think where we got really good at over the years is in empathy for our client's client. Yeah. Where we can really embody them and, and say, okay, we see this website through their eyes and this is a huge leverage point. And you've got a neighborhood watch approach. If you see something, say something, right? <laughs> it's like Absolutely, so exactly. I like that. I think that's their catchphrase. You've done it with me. Like you're active in my community. You sent me a, a message recently saying, hey, I've noticed the app does this thing. And I think if it did th- the other thing, it would be more effective. And I actually had coincidentally asked for the exact same thing. <laughs> so we're on the same page. You know. <laughs> You're a real machine. You're thinking like a conversion machine and it's all about getting the goal for the client. The short version is if they've been banging their head against the wall with the previous agency, then they have to change their strategy. If they want to change their strategy, either the agency they're with can come up with other strategies or they can't. And what you're doing is you're constantly saying, look, here's a good target to test. Here's a good target to test. Here's a good target to test. And when you get those wins, you're saying, go deeper on this. Keep going on it. And you've done with that. You're like the coach at a kid's soccer game saying, come on, you've got this. Run it a little bit further, right? And, uh, you know, point it over there. Pass it now. Okay. So I like having that support. Everyone needs a bit of support. They need a get in their team. The get nader. So... What happens with this client now? They, uh, obviously, you mentioned eight months. There must have something must have happened at eight months. <laughs> You've doubled. Is that where it got to? It's eight months where we are right now. We doubled conversions so far. We are definitely doubled down. They just redesigned their website with our guidance. So we were involved in the design process, made sure that every SEO related aspect was met in the design process already. So I saw this Photoshop designs. Oh, that's always a good juggle, isn't it? It's definitely a juggle. Yeah, you can do a lot of things wrong in the design process. So people sometimes tell me, look, I want to work with you, but I want to redesign my site first. So I'm like, yeah, let me take a glance, get one month of consulting. We help you with the design, then do your thing and come back six months later. But there's a lot of things you can do wrong in a redesign. Might have another episode about this at some point because I have seen businesses get lost with a redesign. I have too. Like my famous case study of this one was my client. I had a lawyer client. They were paying me $5,500 per month. And when retargeting became a thing, when, when Google gave you the option to show banner ads to people who had visited your website, this was in the very beginning of this feature. I went in, uh, I told them about this. I said, we need some banners designed. If you can get some banners, I can show them to people who have visited your website. And they're like, no way. I said, we can. And anyway, they went off to the design agency. Instead of getting some banners, they ended up being sold a $25,000 or something like that website. (laughs) And then the next thing I get called up by some little webmaster saying, send over the logins for this website because I'd built the site and was hosting the site. Mm. I'd ranked the site number one in Google. We were smashing it with AdWords, like killing it, getting them amazing results. There was nothing to change. And they ended up putting up this website that had a guy walking on from the side of the website. The whole thing was flash. And some modern users here probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Suicide, yeah. It was suicide. It was this guy walking on saying, hi, welcome to our website. And I thought, (laughs) is this a parody? Like this could be a parody. Uh, It was a famous voice actor from one of the news stations here. And I said, guys, I'm done. This is no good. I can't rank this. This is an anvil, right? Uh, So I said, you guys take over. Anyway, it dropped off the face of the earth. 
their AdWords became very, very expensive. And it wasn't that long till they begged me to come in to meet with them and asked me, please, can you take it back? Take it back. We'll do whatever you said, whatever you say. I said, well, first thing I want to do is just upload the old website. And they said, done. So we, I got back on. Almost immediately, we appeared again at the top of Google, just like that. Yeah. So I do know there's a huge differential between the knowledge that people have. And I'm sure these designers were great. But yeah, when you do a new website, you've got to have that tangle with the designer, the copywriter, and the SEO person. And then there's the business owner and, and their sort of ego as well to deal with it all. Because often there's a lot of vanity. You know, I, we, our website and, you know, no one cares more about the website than the owner of the website, but the customer is the one we should be thinking about, right? What result do we want? It's a couple, of, a couple of really, really, really good points. I like this example of the flash site here. We see very often clients paying attention to the last professional they talk to, which is a really dangerous situation to be in. If this is a copywriter, they might suggest you rewrite the entire copy because nothing is working, which is going to affect your SEO. If this is a designer, they're going to suggest really fancy pop-ups or headers or big conversion boxes, etc. If this is a conversion expert, they're going to start putting calls to action everywhere just to get your result. Ultimately, it's you in the driver's seat. Mm. And it's important that you work with professionals, but that you understand that every professional, myself included, is going to see it through their lens. In our case, I believe we try to do a good job to see SEO as part of everything that's being done. But it's really, really this trusting the last expert you talk to. And now this is now the secret and this is going to do everything for you. And with your site getting back on track with the old version, we very often see that Google wants to rank sites for certain keywords. Like in your case, the keywords we point out are keywords that we see Google wants to rank you with, with this. Mm -hmm. However, they are not going to do so unless you give them something that can actually rank and is in line with what Google ranks right now. What does this mean? Your website comes up for a certain keyword on page 10. Page 10 already means it's among the top 100 out of 500,000 or 500 million search results they could show, which isn't bad. If I came out number 100 in the, in the New York Marathon, I would be happy. Go on, Geert. Do your joke. <laughs> I know you've got a joke about this. I've got a joke about this? Yeah. Where would you hide a dead body? Ah, the <laughs> yeah, the, hide, the best place to hide a dead body is page two of Google because nobody ever searches there. Um, the, thing, the thing is really... Um, yeah, obviously it's page one where it all ends up. At the top of page one, really. We need to be at the top. At the top of page one, absolutely at the top, but page one is like the first intermediate goal. And the thing is that if Google wants you to rank, wants you rank your site somewhere, they still rely on the words on the page and on the piece of content you give them. So if you want to rank for brown shoes on page one, you need to be an e-commerce site and have a collection page, a category page that's about brown shoes. It's just the way it is because Google knows People who type in brown shoes are going to look for an e-commerce site. You cannot, even if you have the best article about why brown shoes are not fashionable or are fashionable or are the best thing you could ever do, you're not going to rank because this is not what Google wants to see. So by the time you then create this piece of content in an SEO optimized way, drive some links internally, externally to it, you have a very good shot at ranking on page one for this then. I think you've just answered something because if you're talking to the salesperson at an agency, they're going to probably tell you that they can rank for brown shoes because they may not even know that they can't. Or that you shouldn't. <laughs> or that you shouldn't. They probably want the commission. 
So I think what you're talking about there is each specialty is biased to their own specialty, you know, with good intent even perhaps, but that's what they know. So they're confident in that. And there's a lot of crappy suppliers out there in just about every industry, you know, in every industry, every category, there's good and bad. I like you, Get, because I think you're good. That's why we've formed a partnership over many years. We've worked with a lot of clients in mutual concert. (laughs) You're trustworthy, but also, and this is important, you've been helping us with our site. So I get firsthand, I get a box seat experience on what we can do, how it works. In the case of our relationship, you've been working mostly with my team and I keep an eye on things. And I love it that way. I love having a supplier that I can trust to deal with my team. And my team like dealing with you too. Just I'll just sort of flatter you a bit here. They say, yeah, Gert's really easy to get along with. He's a great guy. And that's important to me. I don't want to introduce difficult suppliers into my own team because they're going to disrupt them. Imagine if your team member left because you've got them working with crappy suppliers. That can happen. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. So how do you work with this client? With this client, we work with both. Actually, he has a team. So there are always several people on a call when we have a call together. He is himself on the calls as well. He's copied in the emails, but we then really handle the day-to-day work with one of his assistants predominantly. And then they just internally reassign technical things to the tech person, content writing, and his main VA essentially keeps track of how everything works. At this stage, I also want to mention that Part of the reason why you're getting the results is definitely the team. I want to give the shout out back because very often they execute things. Oh, this is a love fest. <laughs> no, but this is, this is really execution is more than 50% of SEO. Yeah, absolutely. So we can only as consultants, we can only line things up. And if you check Twitter and what SEOs talk about, a big part of it is not getting things actually executed. Mm-hmm. And then you can't have results. If I have a personal trainer and I still eat my bar of chocolate every day, I'm not going to get results, right? Or if I just don't do the workouts. So you do have to do the workouts and your team very often is doing workouts faster than I can revise the tasks. Oh, that's good. Right? So this is definitely a big shout out. It's a pleasure to work with them. It's a pleasure to line new things up and we are definitely motivated to find new things they can work out. Oh, that's nice. Well, they do tell me, hey, look, you need to do a piece of content around this topic and then they will make the changes. They will publish and produce and promote. If you want a good chocolate bar, I recommend the No Way Bar by ATP Science. I was chomping on a few of those with collagen in them. They help you grow your bones mm-hmm. back and stuff if you're doing workouts. I'm not a fitness trainer. This is not medical advice, but they taste good for a, a bar that doesn't have junk in them. And they should probably send me a box for this call out. I'll make sure we link to this episode. Probably. <laughs> anyway, good Aussie company doing great products. I'm looking forward to their pineapple edition coming out very soon. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for everything you do for me, for the clients. What is next for this client? What do you see possible for them at this mature stage now? You've put a bit of time and you've put a bit of effort. You've built Mm -hmm. some trust. You've got the results. Where to from here? Uh, Definitely a good question. It's always important to have a little bit of a longer term view what's going to happen in the next months. And we talk about these, we do workshops every three months and say, okay, let's see where the next three months are going. For this client in particular, we have a lot of content we can cover. We are not covering yet. So they rank really well. They convert really well with a lot of articles already. But we could literally build this website into an online magazine about their niche and everything would rank and most of it would convert. So it's definitely doubling down on content creation and making sure that with SEO, first of all, we talk about content that actually people are searching for at the right moment. 
but also make sure that this content internally links together in a way that Google can connect the dots and actually understands who is this content for and at which moment of the buyer cycle. It sounds so obvious, isn't it? If you want to double conversions, double down, right, on the right things, and you're all set. On the right things, yeah. on the focus. Thank you, Gert. Thank you so much. I've been chatting with Gert Malak, SEOleverage.com. This is episode 979. We will put up a link on jamesramco.com and we'll also make sure we do a social media tweet out to ATP Science regarding their No Way Collagen Bar, <laughs> which I love. Thanks so much, mate. See ya. <laughs> Thank you so much, James. This is James Shramko. 